Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 35 and 36-year-old from Sheffield and Doncaster, England. They make their shed debuts after months of anticipation. They are running amok with Andy's men's club in Sheffield, England, helping fellows be part of a team and with and help with their mental health is a staple and legend. One of them is a staple and legend with the Sheffield Rapiers. And in two seasons with those Rapiers, had 49 points and 28 games played. Ran amok, folks. He then mucked it up with the Steelhawks of Sheffield, then did something I thought was taboo. He switched from Sheffield to Nottingham with the Leopards and the Lions of the E-I-E-N-L. He hung them up back in 06, 07, and now dedicates himself to helping others. The other is a newish father and is running a muck of parenthood. He is a fan of the fun banners, the Sheffield Steelers. And I'm just kidding, folks. We won't hold it against him that they were that they banned fun back then, but they are part of the Shed family. He is a rock star with the band Cootie Gras. He probably partook in the ultimate fun that was Kit Kat. Get that. And sent a bottle of Henderson's relish to the shed and also devotes his time to helping the shed guys of Sheffield at Andy's men's club and is bricking it. And I think that means shitting himself. Welcome to my back deck, Rob Smith and Jack Dale. <laughs> Cheers, Wally. Cheers. Cheers, Wally. I get into how we know each other. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, good to meet you too. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been in the making, hasn't it? So. Yeah, we've talked about doing this for quite some time, haven't we? We have. And you know well, what? I couldn't I, do it without Jack to bring him in, Dinta, so. Well, Jack, I get it now. We know each other. Um, the research team didn't know what to really do, so all I did was scroll back through all our old messages back and forth. And, uh, geez, I think we know each other quite well with all those messages. <laughs> You've been listening to The Shed for a while. Yeah, yeah, I um, I, I, I was going for a rough patch in my life when I discovered podcasts, and uh, you've interviewed a lot of players that I, I like and, and people that I know, so, yeah, one. Yeah, and uh, well, I guess around when I started this was probably a tough patch for a lot of people. That was, uh, I mean, I had gone remote because of all the baloney, and I was working from my shed, and um, that's where I thought of this was sitting in my shed and um, not having as much to do throughout the day when you couldn't go out and do things. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, one part was I had a very hard time out of the game and um, 
And then, you know, you see the guys make the NHL, you see the guys doing great things. You see it on social media, all these guys doing great things in the game of hockey. And I was totally out of it and having a hard time with it. And then I went on a couple podcasts and the feeling of being my old self talking about the things I had done um, instead of being almost embarrassed of the career I had or ashamed of the places I didn't go, I got to, I guess, be proud of who I was and what I did. And then I thought I could do that for all my buddies, you know? Yeah. And when I, when I came out of the game as well, it, it is really hard. Uh, something that you've loved for so long and that you've done week in, week out. And then it's just gone. Um, mm-hmm. And similar it to is. you, man, and the thing is, an injury. Well, the thing is, is the game keeps going right without you. Exactly. And you just, yeah. you feel forgotten. You don't have a team around. Um, you don't have all your buddies holding you accountable, making fun of you, making fun of the way you dress, making fun of the way you eat food, like, you know, improving you as a person by <laughs> chirping you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and Jack, did you play hockey or do you still play hockey? Uh, so I played a bit of ball hockey for uh, the Sheffield Knights. Then um, I gave up for a bit because I have I had an ACL injury when I was a teenager and it always Ugh. comes back and haunts me. Um, but now I've recently started playing again for a, a team called the uh, Sheffield Hammerheads um, that I wanted to give a shout out anyway because um, they, they're right up your street, Wally. They started the team because they wanted hockey to be fun and not, um, they didn't want to, the coach didn't want to micromanage people. They they asked the players what they want to learn. They asked the players what drills they want to do. And they were like, look, we're just going to do this to have a good time and be happy and yeah. See, I make it stuff I and... make it really fun and all that, but I'm not gonna let my kids decide to all the drills. <laughs> uh, sorry, you know, <laughs> but um when we do drills, they can be fun, but I might ask their opinions of what drills they like, you know. <laughs> but the well, coach has still gotta be the started, coach a bit, yeah. right? <laughs> It, it was started by a bunch of players who used to play for other teams and got sick of it always being about yeah. trying to win every week. And it was just like, you know what? We love this sport. And we want to have fun. So let's yeah. have fun. Um, that's fun. That you, know, you get to be part of teams, right? Being part of teams is fun. I think that's what guys yeah. miss the most, right? Is when it's all over, especially, I don't know. People may think hockey players are soft and that the guys that have a hard time or the game should just suck it up and whatever. It's like, for for myself, once I left home and I go to NCAA, like there was school, but like I was on a team, whatever town I moved to, as soon as I showed up, I had 20 best friends. Um, they become family. You get to know their their extended families. You get to know their their siblings, their parents when they come visit. And then you become a big hockey family and it lasts forever. But then like for myself, I moved to a new town. I I don't know. I didn't know hardly anybody here. And I was used to knowing everybody and having a team around me. And uh, it wasn't until I got skates back on my feet that I started feeling a part of a town and a community is that's how I met everybody I know is through playing on different hockey teams and now coaching different hockey teams. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I get into how we know each other. Jack, you sent me uh, that bottle of uh, I I had it written down Henderson's relish. I've been using that all all the time. It's almost gone. Uh, I'll send you some more, man. 
Um, no, that was pretty cool when, uh, the, I, that was at Josh Batch's testimonial. You couldn't make it, but, uh, you mentioned something would be coming and then Mosey gave it to me. I think, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of nice presents that day. <laughs> I got a watch that said winning is fun. Fun is fun with a two ales and hockey tails logo on it. Um, for coaching, I got, um, all the chocolate thrown on the ice for the gals team. I coached last season. And then you sent me the bottle there. And then even Richie, one of the captains of great Britain, gave me the team apparel from last season. So now I can feel like part of the team, the Disney movie, right? Nice. I did notice you had the GB pants on while you were on the ice with O'Reilly earlier. <laughs> yeah. I So I guess speaking of being back in the game is the coach and the kids and then talking in my shed to hockey people and my hockey family growing is, well, like when I do things, I don't know if people know me that well, I like to be good at stuff. <laughs> I don't like sucking because sucking sucks and I want to be the best coach I can be. So I reached out to Ryan O'Reilly early this summer because uh, I knew he didn't have many people that could put a puck where he needs it or many pro players in the area that um, are training in the summer. And um I've worked with him a bunch this summer and I just got off the ice with him today. And man, that guy is as good as they get on the ice and off the ice. Just again today, by the end of practice, there had to have been 60 or 70 kids congregated to watch. Um, felt like I had fans again on the ice. It was hilarious. Uh, but then they didn't ask me for an autograph. <laughs> but he signed every single thing they asked for. Um, and he's just the, he's just a, dude and um it's amazing watching a guy like that the impact he can have on all these kids and they're all gonna have a positive um i guess experience because he is like as nice as a dude gets he let my son come on the ice with us and bring a buddy every time i'd go train with him and we'd be at our end like working and it was serious and i i i would still have it <laughs> just can't skate <laughs> but um he lets them have this experience and like to think i could do that for my son and some of his best friends that they get to go do that get whatever they want signed get pictures with them and that's it's been a great summer and uh so he's we're done now. Today was our last day. So um, thanks for uh, delaying this a couple hours so I could go do that. Eh? <laughs> no worries. It's a memory that Colby will have for a lifetime, won't it? So it really is for yourself. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and it was putting myself out there. It's kind of like starting this was I put myself out there. Um, yeah. I've even had buddies come on and say, I would have never guessed you'd be the guy to do this. I never thought I'd be the guy to do this. My teammates knew who I was. I didn't let the, myself get out there to really anybody else, but my teammates and my close friends, um, I th thought in hockey, uh, people wouldn't like all the Wally there is. So, um, <laughs> they, you know, and I thought I knew how to bring teams together and all that. And, um, anyways, putting myself out there, this has all been positive feedback. I'm having the time of my life. And um, it was putting myself out there to O'Reilly and saying, I, I want to learn. I want to get better at coaching and I want to do it for these kids. And he needed a guy. I needed a guy. And it's people helping people, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. Definitely. And I guess that's what you guys are doing now is helping people. So Try should we to. get into this? Let's do it. Is it time? Or do you want to keep shooting the shit for a bit? <laughs> no, we can do it. So I guess this is how this all started was, uh, to be honest, I've had a lot, I mean, yeah, uh, starting this, I having all the chocolate thrown, thrown all over the world, um, 
and like everything that's gone on, it's uh, it's been really fun, <laughs> you know. And uh, I do get messages that, you know, it's a lot for a guy <laughs> to get all these messages about how important it is to people. Um, but it also drives me to make sure I find time to do it. Um, cause I am busy, but you know, I have got a lot of messages from people that are struggling and that I guess I can help some people by talking to dudes and gals, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is, man. Says, says it right there. It's okay to talk. It's okay to talk. Says it on Rob's t-shirt as well, I think. Oh, yeah. On this one, yeah. Yep. And yeah, logo. That logo there is the Andy's Men's Club. Yeah. yeah so I'll go into a bit of why why Andy's Man Club came from. So um, there's a guy um, in Halifax in England uh, called Andy Roberts. Uh, unfo- he was a 23 year old lad um, who enjoyed his football or soccer to you guys. Um, and he liked going out with his mates. Um, and then um, unfortunately, um, Things were too much for him, and unfortunately, he took his own life. Um, but from there, um, a guy called Lou Campbell, uh, and who's his brother-in-law, who used to be a professional rugby player over here, um, and Elaine Roberts, who's Andy's mum, set up uh, Andy's Man Club. Um, so they put a post out on Facebook, um, and the first group, um, which was in Halifax, nine men attended. And from there, it's absolutely grown. That was around about just over seven years ago. Um, and now, probably in a couple of weeks, there's going to be over 150 clubs all over the UK um, that's supporting over 3,200 men every single week, um, just giving them a place, a safe space where there's no judgment, just to be able to talk to other like-minded men. Um, and when you say, like, missing the locker room and stuff like that, that's it comes into it. Yeah, we share a lot of tough conversations, but we have a lot of laughs. And that's mm-hmm. what it's all about at the end of the day. And you're you're happiest when you're laughing. Um oh, yeah. so, and it's one of them, it's changed my life. Um I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Andy's Man Club. And um from first attending just over two years ago. And now I'm a lead facilitator in Doncaster. I run groups and getting involved in open up a new club soon and yeah and it's just growing week on week and it's great seeing more men coming out and being able to talk and that's kind of what me and Jack want to be able to do today is show people that it is okay to talk no matter where you are in the country uh, or in the world there's, there'll be things out there even if it's just talking to a friend or talking to a colleague or looking for this support yourself um, there's yeah, I can't speak highly enough of it. So, um, well, I guess I'd, this isn't really relating to suicide or anything like that. It's like I had my hard time when I got back from the game, but it's like I didn't make the money I hoped to. Uh, um, I had two little kids. I had a wife that couldn't work in Canada. Uh, my knee's gone. So, like, there, I, I was starting over. Um, you know, without the nest egg I wanted and. The way my career went, um, I mean, when I got back, I I was angry at the game. I was angry at where I had got put my family in life. I I was 
I, I had like pent up anger to the teams that didn't want me back. Um, that I thought I had done my thing and was a good person and teammate. And then they didn't want me back. And the way it ended some places, there was like pent up anger. And it, it, I had all my hockey stuff up in boxes. Um, I didn't look at any of it. Um, and it was coming out to the shed and talking and realizing that I actually did do some cool things in the game. Um, and I have a pretty crazy hockey family. Um, that I brought out all my stuff again last weekend and actually looked at it and was proud of it. And my son was proud of it. And he said, dad, I thought you were just a fat old guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it was talking to, to hockey guys and my family's grown tremendously. And, um, thanks to everybody that listens because it is cool and it does help me. And I don't do it because people listen. I do it because I want to do it. Um, but it's very neat to get the feedback I do. And you know, it, that, yeah, that's all. Huh. Yeah, my wife didn't believe that I actually played and stuff like that. And I've got my hockey kit up in loft and it's been in there ever since uh, I finished playing and stuff like that. And, um, it was only a couple of years ago she forced me to go ice skating. I didn't really didn't want to do it because of my knee, um, but she forced me to do it, and I actually could still skate. I was actually still surprised. Um, so when yeah. you got out of it, you got right out of it. No, nothing else. No more. Nothing. No old timers. No rec league. Nothing. I was done. Um, so can, may I ask? Like you said, it saved your life going to Andy's Men's Club. Like, yeah. What? what was the path? What happened? Like, I see you retired hockey, but like then what did you get into? How do you end up yeah. at Andy's men's club? So I stopped playing. Um, so basically I suffered from PTSD. Um, so when I was young, uh, when I was about eight, nine years old, um, well, just before my ninth birthday, um, I found my grandma and granddad passed away. Um, and it didn't really affect, uh, I used to get flashbacks and stuff like that, but I didn't think anything of it. And back then mental health wasn't really a thing. Uh, especially with children. Um, and then when I stopped playing, that sense of of being had uh, uh, just gone because all I'd ever known was playing hockey since the age of five. Um, so from there, it was um, anxiety, flashbacks, a bit of depression coming in. But then I met my now wife uh, and that gave me a bit of a purpose again. Um, and then it was a trigger further down the line from when my wife's nan passed away. Um, it triggered me to my grandparents. And at that point, that's when I went on a downward spiral. Um, bottling everything up, um, lots of depression, going on medication. Um, and then there's just points and triggers where things just got too much for me. Um, and, and yeah, I'm lucky still be here. Uh, things happened, which... Um, could be just a coincidence, but they meant something to me at the time. And, and yeah, I've, I've plowed on, I've had some treatments, but then I found Andy's Bank Club, like I said, two years ago. Um, and just being able to talk to a like-minded men, a bit like Jack, he may feel, feel the same, but it's one of them where you're not, you feel like you're not on alone, you're not alone anymore. Yeah. Where before I was alone in my thoughts and stuff like that, where now yep. I've got other men that are going through the same or something similar either went through it in the past and they've come out the other side or they're going through it with me at that moment in time. 
Well, and, and you he, you would get a lot of different guys with different backgrounds showing up exactly. for sure. And yeah. <laughs> for, for what I'm doing, I find it so interesting when I've gotten to know so many different guys that I'd only played against or knew of or I'm getting to know now. And it's like everybody's going through like the same thing. But they're all just at different stages of that yeah. journey. And when I have on the guys that are retired, it is amazing how many of them struggled out of yeah. the game. Um, there were certain ones that already had a business set up. They're already passionate outside of hockey to be doing something else. Some of us were so into what we were doing and being a hockey guy, we couldn't even think of doing anything else while we were doing it, you know? And yeah, those were the guys that didn't seem to struggle were the ones that were already passionate about something else before they stop, you know? Yeah, well, for me, I obviously I wasn't at a level you guys uh, you were, but it were where I was juggling work, where most of my work was at night, where training for Nottingham Lions it was training at night, um, it obviously working weekends, and it was just I was coaching as well, uh, so it was just one of them where everything if I if I got if my knee got worse, then it's taking time off work. I'm not getting paid, so decisions. Yeah, you're growing made. up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't make you not a not a hockey guy. I always say injury injuries are a thing, but like I always say, guys play hockey until it doesn't make sense. And it's like uh, Todd Kelman once said it on here. He wishes he was a little bit better or a little bit worse because if you're a little bit worse, you're gonna stop when it's the right time in life yeah. and get doing something else. But then some of us get right in the middle there where um, when it's over, you're like, I'm in a strange spot here. <laughs> we don't have millions. <laughs> but, Definitely not. Yeah. And Jack, what's, I know it means a lot to you, Andy's men's club too, right? So tell me your bit about this. Yeah, so unlike Rob, uh, I'm not a facilitator. I, I'm what you'd call a, a service user. So um, I I used to be a, a community support worker. So I, I used to work with people with, with mental health problems. And um, a bit, I think you guys in Canada would call it a caseworker, not quite a social worker. Sort of right. You, you get certain and, people to try and help out. and Yeah, you're getting people to help themselves and, and supporting people to, to be self-sufficient. And uh, I, I had a bit of an incident at work that just... Um, it was a it was a political incident with the organisation, but um, I it just I, I'd done I'd worked there for a long time and and I felt like someone had ripped all my my hard work away from me and it just really really upset me more more than anything and it sounds like a nothing to some people but I was really proud of my job I was really proud of of helping people the work the you're doing I worked in and, um, and I just. I, I and I left work that day and I was I was in a, a really bad way and uh, I went to see my doctor who, who signed me off for a bit told me just to have a bit of a break and a bit of a chill and on my way home uh, a lady I worked with called uh, Pam Daniel who's like an unsung hero in Sheffield she she's done more for the uh, communities in Sheffield than, than anybody and she just texted me out of the blue and said have you ever heard of this Andy's Man Club um, she says you're always telling the people you work with and the, the patients you're seeing from GP surgeries, you're sending them to support groups and help groups. And she said, have you ever thought about going along to one of them? 
And uh, I really didn't like the idea. Um, and I got home and I mentioned it to my, my missus and she just said, oh, yeah, you're going. Like, if if that's the thing she's recommending, get you going Monday. I think it's a great idea. And uh, so it was really my missus that pushed me to go. Um, and honest to God, man, you walk in that room and it's just incredible. Um, someone made me a cup of tea and I sat down and... Uh, the first thing they asked me was how my week had been. And and I'd had a really shit week, you know. And I just unloaded. Um and and when I left, I it, there's that old cliche where people say they felt lighter. I genuinely felt ten stone lighter. Like I felt like all that shit and all that stress and all that pressure because it, it was all right here on top of me. And I felt like I'd left it in that room. And I just went home a different person. I just went home with, with with nothing on my chest, nothing that I needed to to get off. I was just, just I, 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 I can't explain it. I, I know it's you spoke about it before on your podcast when when people unload things and get it off their chest, and and that's just literally how I felt that day. Um, and that and, that's how this all started was uh going on. Franny's podcast when he was doing it and then the hockey think tank I did those two and getting to remember my hockey career and my life and our lives um, before we got into the real world nobody wanted to hear about what I've done I don't want to brag I don't want to brag and tell people what I've done and nobody cares and ever no when if I started telling people what I had done I, I'd lose them in a second and the only place I get to talk about it is in my shed. And it was five, six years. I hadn't talked about anything. I hardly remembered a lot of my years of hockey. And to think of how much more I remember now about that time, those times in my life, um, what other people have brought back when I talked to them of other memories that I couldn't remember. Now I have all that. And if you look at pictures of me before I started the shed or when I first started it, <laughs> To now, I've unloaded too, but it's not like I'm living healthier. <laughs> Anywho, um, my phone. Well, yeah, so <laughs> we and this we and this man club. It saves lives. Um, it it is one of them. It, it can be life changing for just someone who maybe live on their own. We've I've got a lad who's at my group. He came for first time. Um, he tried taking his own life that week. It was shaking on that first Monday night, but now he's a completely different person. He's one of the facilitators. He's helping other people, and that's what it's all about. And it's the reward of just seeing someone go through that journey is just so, unbelievable. So the one in Sheffield um, is where you guys would be at, and so I'm just trying to picture it. So, so uh, I'm it, I run I run one in Doncaster. So in I don't Doncaster. do Sheffield. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, in South Yorkshire, we've got 10 groups. Uh, we've got three in Sheffield. Uh, we've got two in Doncaster. We've got three in Rotherham uh, and two in Barnsley as well, um, even though you probably won't even know most of them places. So, Well, uh, so where, what is it? It's it's it's, it's uh, in a house. It's uh, like where, it, what kind of building is it? In? It could be Are, various. Um, yeah, I guess so, there's a lot of different places. It's wherever you can get a spot, right? Yeah. Church halls. Church yes. halls? Yeah, so that sort of thing. Well, yeah. one of the Sheffield ones in their fire station. Uh, yeah. There's 
there's some that are at football stadiums, rugby stadiums, uh, we're just in um, a building of a, biz- a business called Doncaster Mind. Uh, one of ours, a community centre, ne- the one that I'm trying to open is at a youth place. So they do vary. Uh, it depends on where we can get a, a venue that's suitable. So then you just show up and I guess you're a facilitator, right? So then you would kind of be there as the lead guy and then there's chairs around and, th- and there's tea yeah. and then you just all just kind of come in and see what happens. Yeah. So think of like an AA meeting where you sat in a circle. Um, so you sit in a circle um, and we've got a ball, which is our talking ball. So whoever's got that ball is the ones who are, are talking. Everyone else listens, respects them. And we have five questions. Um, so we ask, how's your week been? Um, and then it's, uh, one positive from your week because you could have the worst week in the world like Jack said but just thinking of positive it could be a small thing uh, or it could be massive to that person um, so it's just thinking of just getting that positive out that there is some good sort of thing uh, and then a big one anything to get off your chest um, so that could be something you've been building up for years uh, or it could be something that's just happened that week um, it just allows that you're not storing it up um, all that time and then we have a break, more tea, coffee, biscuits are involved. Um, and then we have two light-hearted questions at the end, which are a little bit more fun um, and brings that brings that sense of humour back in. And that's where I was saying about that, where you can get that locker room uh, mentality coming. Then everyone's laughing uh, at people's answers and joining in and reminiscing about old things as well, depending on the question. Um, so those ones change each week, the later ones? Yeah, so then ones change every single week. So some weeks there can be a lot of food ones um, in there. There could be uh, food, things. Food like, questions? Yeah. Sounds a lot like the shed. <laughs> like, that's, what I, that's what I thought. Why are you having on Tippy Lane's come up a couple of times? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be the Cardiff one. Uh, but no, um, so it, they're just a little bit more lighthearted. Um, could be like your happy place or... Um, what means most to you, like important people. There's various different ones, but they do change. Uh, like I say, it just brings that look, brings that heavy, where we've been talking a bit heavy during the group, just brings it back down and everyone having a bit of a smile. Uh, so you could have had the worst week in the world, but you've gone out with a smile on your face and that's all we can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound that different than sometimes what goes on on the podcast is I never, I never know what's going to happen. Right. I never know what stories are going to be told. I, I get my research team hot and then I don't know what's going to happen. But like (laughs) when Samuel Jardine's telling me about a teammate that passes away on the ice and then, you know, then Jerry Coon's episode was also like, there's moments where we have our talk and it gets, it gets emotional or serious or whatever, but then it goes back to laughter and having fun right yeah, after, right? That's it. And it would kind of, the Jerry Coon one kind of inspired me to get this back on uh, on track and let's get it done. So right. um, people like that. being able And to whoever wants to like... come to the shed, if you reach out and say, I want it, it's you got a lot better chance than there's quite a list, you know, like I remember at the start, people telling me it's going to run out of people like, uh, I guess that's not going to happen because, like, geez, Manchester has like twenty people I haven't even talked to yet. This that are new, <laughs> and um, 
and I'm a sponsor of the team. And like, then there's all these other teams and all these other countries and all these other leagues. And it's like, I don't know where to focus sometimes, but I know I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so where are we now? Jack, you got anything else about Andy's men's club? How's the food? Shit. Uh, it's, it's biscuits. It's usually what I was being donated. I, yeah. I bake a cake sometimes. Uh, I'm, you bake I'm a cake? Baking, but I never uh, thought you would be the one baking the cake. I didn't uh, think that's I'm, what you'd be bringing. I'm a wizard in the kitchen, man. If uh, if I can be asked, you want to have a cook? You want to have a cook off someday? I'd kick the shit out of you. I I look forward to it, man. <laughs> you've never you've never tasted the Yorkshire pudding, so actually going back through the old messages. When you sent me the photos of that mm-hmm. stuff, because I didn't know what it was, and I brought it up, and then you sent me that, you were running amok at making that stuff. I, that- uh, I inherited my granddad's uh, ability to make the best Yorkshire puddings, man. And I, and I always make two trays of small white Yorkshire puddings and one massive tray of mucky pudding. So that's the one with the onion and all your different herbs and stuff in. And oh, that's the uh, I the I, I actually noticed that cooking was uh that was the thing that i used to uh i mean hockey like in hockey it's like when i was leaving the rink today and o'reilly was saying bye to colby my son and he said remember every time you your skates touch the ice you're getting better like he's like you go out there with a purpose and you try and get better and when i got back and i was out of the game and totally out of it and i i mean I didn't have a lot of drive or passion for anything. Um, cooking was the one thing that like every time I tried to improve, every time I make a certain meal, I try and do better than the time before. Um, I try to make lots of a mess. <laughs> um, but like each time I try and improve and it's like when I'd run a power play, you'd see what the challenges were. You'd see what you got to do to get better. And I don't know. Cooking was like an outlet for me to like be competitive with myself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I got issues, right? <laughs> a bit no, competitive and I had nobody to compete with. <laughs> it's that sportsman mentality, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. But now it'd be good this season. I got a whole league to compete with. Right. And it'll be how good I can help these kids play hockey. And that's pretty fun. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you've got them a good age as well. Yeah, well, influential age too. They're, yeah, yeah they're, they're just starting to listen at that point, aren't they? And, and learn well, more. Well, I think like they, can, they, and... they can always listen. It's it's what where they're at. Every yeah. every every kid can learn different stuff and is at a different level and ready to do different things. Um, but it's uh, figuring out where we're at and how to make them the best I can be this year. You know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what else do I got? Where and what are you doing now? Oh, hold on. Jack's got to say what? You got to go do what? Just tell I've us. I've got to bow out. It's bedtime. I've got to go and put my daughter to bed. But you're coming back. I'll take the laptop downstairs. If you're still on, I'll come back. How long does it take you to get your kid to bed? Bet you I'm oh, faster could, than you. I could be gone for a while. Oh dear. Well, do your best. Run amok and get back on. If I don't make it back, nice to meet you, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I got a lot more questions. You better hurry up. (laughs) Okay, Rob. I guess it's just me and you now, eh? Yeah. So you were a player. I was. 
So you so, grew up in Sheffield? No, so I grew up in Doncaster. Um, so it's around about half an hour away from Sheffield. Uh, but I actually started out playing in Hull, uh, which is about an hour away. Um, so I went over in Hull. Yeah, I, I've spent many years there. Um, the worst, yeah. the worst uh, benches in hockey. The pig not pens, great, are they? the pig not pens, great, especially if you're on away team and you haven't even got that second level. They're pig pens. They're just the door in the middle, and like, yeah, I'm trying to explain this to people. It's a square that is the boards are literally for me. I can hardly see yep. over them. They're so high. So I can't even imagine for a kid, they must go in there and not even be able to see what's going on. Well, um, I started when I was five. So that I definitely were able to see over. It's a pig pen. It, yeah. It's it's a pig pen. You just throw the pigs in there. And then um, when it's time to let them out, you open the door. Um, but the D the forwards are all in the same square and there's only yep. one door and in professional hockey. It was just wild. fighting to get onto ice. Who's going to go first? <laughs> I got stuck on the wrong side of that door during that game. I remember. And Franny just couldn't get me back out there, I guess, <laughs> because I, I was on the wrong side of the door and I just sat there, you know? Well, actually, I yeah. stood there because there's no like bench hardly. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. So that's where you grew up playing. That's where I started, yeah. So started at the age of five. Um, so I started learning. I went to watch a Steelers game uh, and for the first time, and there was a guy called Tommy Plummer who were playing for the Steelers at the time, and I saw him have a fight, and that was it. I, and I said to my mum, I want to play hockey. So the fight me... made you want to play hockey. Yeah, it was just it was just one of them where you I'd never seen that sort of thing before, and how fast it was, and I just wanted to play, and that was it. I was hooked. The I the. People that say there shouldn't be fighting in hockey and like I just saw the junior league in Quebec just like oh, yeah. basically banned fighting, which I don't understand how you can ban fighting. Like what if someone does something to a teammate that there's going to be so many liberties. There's I, an, There'll be more injuries doing that um, than pe- people helping people um, wild that they're doing that. But um, there is a lot of fighting when I played in Cardiff in 2014-15. If you watch yeah. the Cardiff Devils fights from that season, 2014-15 on YouTube, there's a lot of fighting going on, but there was a lot in the league and there were guys yeah. all willing to do it that wanted to do it, but it kept the game fair. It kept the game honest. Mm-hmm. It kept it, it. That was as hockey as hockey got. I thought was the UK league that year. Um, the next year, um, I think we had had a pretty tough team. So had Brayhead. And I think everybody decided to get bigger and that wasn't the full team it was each team got like a gigantic guy (laughs) (laughs) and then that's when it gets scary (laughs) when those guys grab you (laughs) especially when we're so small like five seven five eight it's (laughs) and you've got and you've got them guys so so yeah that's what got me into it um and then uh i went to a place called doncaster dome which is a nice rink but it's on two levels you have to go up a ramp and go down the other side um it's the weirdest rink you'll ever see you'll won't have seen one ever like it um i did some skating lessons um and it was a figure skater and i thought and i just told her i don't want to be like you i want to play hockey i don't want to be a fairy and that <laughs> was it um then she said go to sheffield or hull and I think he'll be better off with doing there. And 13 So Doncaster had ice, just not hockey. 
No, it's on a two level. You could never have a hockey there. Two Easily. level. Yeah, you've got to go up a ramp to get to the top and then come down the other side. It's for the it's ice wild. on the ice while you're skating. Yeah. So it's absolutely wild. I'll I'll send you a picture of it after. Yeah, um, so and so but they're doing figure skating on it, but it can't be like so, an official so, tournament if there's two levels and you got to go up. No, so it it was just skating lessons uh, and it was just a figure skater on there. Um, and I just told her I didn't want to be like her. Um, and then right. they took, my mum dad took me to hockey. I went to Hull 13 weeks later. I was playing for the Humberside Humdingers, uh, which is the under-10s team. The Humberside Humdingers. I think I've heard yeah. of them before. The Humdingers. Davis. That's yeah. my favorite name of a hockey team ever. Yeah. It, the Humdingers. I still, I still don't know what a Humdinger is, really. Uh, but yeah, uh, it might have been Davy Phillips that had said that he played there. Um, so what... what it, Let's let's talk about this. What do you think a humdinger is? I don't. I ain't got a clue to be honest. I'm um, thinking of because uh, you might the, ever saying that's a humdinger, but I no. I, a humdinger can be a really fast pitch in baseball. Yeah, I think. Well, that don't really. Fit or it can be our... a really big hit in baseball. No, well, baseball th- don't fit in our country though. Right. Humdingers, I love it though, and I've yeah. said I've said the word multiple times in my life. Humdinger. Yeah. So, um, anyway. so yeah, started off there at five year old playing for the under tens team. Um, it had just started as that, um, so we'd not got a league until um, the season after, and then that were it. I was I was in and and playing. Yeah, and then once you get bitten by it right and uh you're on a team and you get in a locker room and you get the banter going and then you get to go out and compete with all your buddies against another team and try and win right yeah and that's it you hooked at that point and Mm -hmm. and quite a few years later (laughs) yeah i know um so well i never even got daz jack about the poster picks no so you met gretzky yeah, so bit of a wild day. So went over to Toronto, um, because um we're getting married, um, so we got married at Niagara Falls, uh, so we had a few days in Toronto first of all, um, and then we went to the. It was just the greatest day ever. I couldn't have planned it any better. Went to the Hockey Hall of Fame, but first time. So, in my element, taking uh, my mum and dad round, my wife and her parents. And then um, we were going to go to Gretzky's bar later on in the evening. And for some reason, we just said, let's go now. Uh, how, when... how long ago is this? I think it's it's gone now. It has, yeah. So this was in 2015. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, went so he down... was at his own bar? So I went into the bar. I was just sat there. I'd ordered the burger with the number 99 on it, uh, on the bun. Um, and then this bloke just walked past and... According to my mum, my mouth just dropped and my jaw on the floor. And I just, she said, what's up with you? I went, I think that's him. And and my dad's going, no, it's not. It's not. And yeah, he's never here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't expect it. So wait, wait, just come over. Mum said, is that, and my son thinks that's Wayne Gretzky. And she said, yeah, it is. And that were, so after shaking for about 10 minutes, I plucked up the courage to go over and speak to him. Right. And. You know, sometimes I think like for celebrities and stuff, they probably want to be left alone eating. But when you're in Wayne Gretzky's restaurant and you're sitting at your own bar, 
you're asking for people to come up and talk. <laughs> well, I did say to it, I did say to her, like, if you want me to go away, I will do. But I just wanted to say hi. <laughs> yeah. And and just had a chat with him and talked about hockey over here and and yeah, he just had a photo, signed me hockey hall of fame program that he wasn't in. Uh he just signed it anyway. Um just because I had nothing else. And autographs can be fun, right? It's exactly. like all the autographs I've seen O'Reilly sign. Those kids are going home so jacked up at the end of the day to show their parents. I couldn't help it. Uh, I had to do it. It's once in a lifetime thing for me to be able to just see him. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then all of well, a sudden. So I got to tell you the small world part of that then is Walter Gretzky was my roller hockey coach. So yeah, when I, I pulled out all the stuff out of the garage, out of these bins that have been stuck up there for since we moved here, um, my team Ontario jersey that he coached, he had signed. Um, so I found my Walter Gretzky signature this last weekend. And also for the fun fact is Wayne Gretzky's bar was the first bar I was ever served at underage. Me, <laughs> um, my, my shed guy buddies, uh, Rodney Baum and Dennis Weidman and Kevin Baser won a road hockey tournament, the Kitchener Waterloo Road Breakers tournament. We win a limo ride down to Toronto to watch a Blue Jay game and dinner at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant on the way, all paid for. And I think we had won the 13-year-olds tournament. And my two big Mennonite fellas, the big boys, ordered the drinks from the waitress. They looked like they were 20. They were 13. (laughs) And we all had a couple pints and went to the Blue Jays game. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that happens anymore. I don't think 13-year-olds get at limos and go to Toronto and then get served and go to a Blue Jays game. But Definitely anyhow, not. <laughs> that, that's my memory when you bring up Wayne Gretzky's bar and um, Walter and the first time I ever got served at a restaurant. <laughs> carry on. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's it. It was just one of them where... Just, he was there, it, and you got to chat and shoot the breeze. So then, what it, what was your lead up question? What'd you ask him? Like I said, I just went over and just said, "Tell me to go away if you want to, because uh, I know you were someone." But I just, I just need to talk to you. I'm getting married in a couple of days, and this is probably so going to be. Why did you that get day. married in Canada? So over here, uh, we'd been looking over here, uh, and it was going to cost an awful lot of money, and uh, we were looking about twelve thousand pound. Um, and that was before some of the other stuff. So it was going to be a lot more than that because um, you you don't always have it always goes over budget, doesn't it? So um, so yeah. So I just said to my wife, "Why don't we go abroad?" I didn't want to pay for meals for people that I didn't really want to be at the wedding because if you invite someone, you've got to invite someone else. And so yeah. I just said, "Let's just go." And I invite. I took my mum and my mum and dad came over. Her mum and dad, her auntie, one of her auntie and uncles, and we had a time. Mm-hmm. I went to Toronto, uh, had four nights there, then to Niagara Falls, and got married in front of the falls. So I couldn't and, think of anyone else who'd done that before. Right? Uh, yeah. Not. I mean, I'm sure there's been people. Pro- well, I know there's all- there's definitely a lot of proposing going on by Niagara yeah. Falls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Um, and how long ago was that? That was you said that was 2015. It was, yeah. So we've just gone past eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's more for her, to be honest. So I guess that's the same gal that I got the question for poster pick of you all gussied up with a gal. That's That'd be the wife then? Yeah, so that was just last weekend at a cousin's wedding. So I just thought I'd go for a smart picture. She's She's been a big part of my recovery uh, in terms of my mental health. She's been there. And even for herself, I'm I'm just absolutely proud of what she's done. Um, she's really, she was struggling with her mental health and she found fitness. Um, and she's done really well in terms of losing lots of weight. And she looks absolutely great for it. So well, I just wanted and, to get and, her on there. And everybody does have a different, they got to figure out what works for them, right? It's like, um, I don't know if it's just Andy's men's club that is the main reason you think you've improved your mental health. Some people go on medication. Some people yep. um, get into working out. Some people get into everybody's got to have like a thing, right? That they yeah. dive into that. That's their hobby or passion that there's people that like to watch what they eat and like dieting is what they're into. Right. Yeah, that's it. And, it's finding your own coping mechanism. And um, I found it in terms of being able to talk same with yourself in terms of in your shed, that's how you've been able to cope. And she's found fitness. Some people find it through music. It It's all to your own, really. When you get in about the being, I don't know if it's not lonely. Cause I'm not lonely. I got my wife and kids here. Yeah. And I got a great group of friends Um, and well, a hockey family too. Yeah. Now, um, but that the guys that are just like me, the hockey guys that have been through the same things as me, that have lived the same life of me, or that are doing it now. It's like when I talk with Matt Carruth and he's he's had ups and downs in his career, yeah. and he seems like a gamer that loves it and he does well everywhere he goes. Um, you know, you see guys going through that stuff now, and it's like I was the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. it, and that's kind of why one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here and just show to the to hockey players that there is something after, and that just to be able to talk because we are losing a lot of guys, um, and through this sort of thing and struggling, and um, it's just getting them more open, get teams talking to each other, um, and working with the clubs as well. Well, and it's ah, uh, yeah, it's for me. This is. Is so much more than just talking to people in my shed. Yeah. Um, like I had on my former teammates that I hadn't seen since 2006 when at Western Michigan, when I'm the senior and they're the freshman, I just had them on and it started a group chat to, to, to get them to the shed. And now that group chat is still going strong. Yeah. And all those guys are now talking again and they're trying to plan their kids hockey tournaments around each other <laughs> so they can see each other. And it's so cool to see because there are too many guys you've played with to keep track of everybody. I wish yeah. I could, and I wish I had time, but like we don't know who's out there struggling because you can't keep track of everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's nice when you do get to talk to guys and you know, they're good. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's the sport that we played. It's one of them where you didn't want to show weakness or anything like that. If you right. showed weakness, it'd be used against you by the other team. So um, it was one of them where a lot of guys just bottle it up and we, I just want to try and dispel that and get people talking. And not be, and that's where people like Sam Jones has come out recently uh, and spoke about his mental health and his struggles. And 
Um, Justin Hodgman, who played for Steelers and played at Phoenix, he's come out and he's open with it. And that's why we're just trying to get about. And there's teams up in Scotland, so Dundee Tigers and Kirkcaldy Kestrels, they've been wearing their shirts with the Andy's Man Cub logo on, um, doing special nights and stuff like that. I think Five Flyers are going to be doing it this year as well. Um, so um, it is something we are trying to really get into the game. And uh, I really want to work with the Sheffield teams and, well, and, try, and, and try and help them. It is a thing, right, is when you're a player, whether it's injury, whether it's you're not that happy, whether you're having issues on or off the ice, you you wouldn't want to let it out. You wouldn't want to tell anybody. You wouldn't want to talk about it because they're you're so worried about their perception of you and yeah. um and getting the job for next year or getting to the next league or all of that is hockey players for the most part they don't talk they you, the only time it happens is within your teammates when you're having a late night and it's the just the two of you they may open up to you type of deal but that's between you two and you're not to tell anybody and then you yeah. keep that together um but to be actually open about it never really was a thing definitely not no especially back in them days <laughs> yeah yeah, and it's it's refreshing to see that people can be themselves because I think happy hockey players play better. I think being yourself makes you happier, um, and you sh- everybody should do whatever the fuck they want to do and just be a good person while you're doing it. <laughs> you <know>? Exactly, definitely. <laughs> That's what I'm into. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so the Andy's Men's Club. Uh, was one of your logos for the poster there, I think. Yep. But um, you're getting a tattoo. Yeah, I've already. Oh, sorry, you just got it. On. Yeah. It so, so yeah, got it done and, last and Wednesday. And when you uh, posted that, you played the song "I'm Not for Everyone," and um, well, that was a thing, right? I always, like you said, the perception for the coaches and the general managers and the organizations, you could call them. Um, you always worried about your perception with them. And um, then when teams wouldn't want you back, teams uh, didn't say good thing, or I don't know what they said to other teams about me, yeah. but um, when they didn't want me back, um, how hard I would take it. Um, and uh, when you realize you're not for everyone, but then with the team I have now, the shed family I have now, you're like, well, if you're not on my team, that's totally cool because um, I'm going to be myself and I got all the people I need right here. <laughs> yeah. And that's something I weren't, I weren't myself for a long time, uh, but now I'm getting back into being myself. I totally uh, get it, man. It was so. when I left hockey and I joined the real world and I didn't know how to real world. I thought I had to be somebody different. I thought I couldn't be the, the, well, I can't, make the same jokes I'd make in the locker room, (laughs) but I can still try and be funny. I can still try and make someone smile. I can still try and make them laugh and try and make them have a better day. I can still be, I I guess, Wally in the real world. And when I realized that a lot of it was going over for Wally night and getting topless in the crowd. And then the anxiety I had coming back to the real world and the, 
part of all that happened was because I was finally like, I'm that guy again. And it brought back all the stuff that I was like, I get to like have fun and be the hockey guy for like one <laughs> weekend. I got to have fun. And then I yeah. also have to repay them for having me over here. But then when I got back to the real world and my team was laughing about it, the, the a couple fellows above me were laughing about it. And it's like, so this is okay. Like I'm, I can be myself. And then I started sprinkling in a little bit more of being myself. And now I, you know, I, I can be myself all the time and I can be the hockey guy in the real world. And I just didn't know that for a long time, <laughs> you know? Definitely. Yeah. I was like, if, when, I, when I've started my new job, uh, well, not new job, I did it two years ago, but it was one of them for, for, uh, for the first few months, it was, don't be yourself. Just get through. Just get just get a steady feet first of all, and then, and then just yeah. tell the jokes at that point. So, uh, but yeah, I'm my feet on the table now, so I can be myself more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and being yourself is the only way to be right. Unless you're a dickhead, then don't be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Poster picks. Nope, those are for Jack. He's already gone. Right? Yes. Do you think he's going to be back? I don't know. I think he sent us a message. Another one? Anyways, yeah. the Sheffield Rapiers. So you have played with some shed guys. Or Ben O'Connor, he uh, he had 50 points in 16 games played for that team. Yeah, so in my second season, he just seemed to take off at that point. Because um, the year was... before, he wasn't like that. I don't know how old he was, but I no, he was on so... the team before, and he really blossomed between the yeah, two years. Yeah, so... so... At that point, because it'd be like your boys where it's like two age groups together. Um, so that second, that first season, he'd been playing up from the under 12s. Um, so he may have not been getting as much ice time uh, at that point. Um, but then that second season, um, while still playing D, he just he just got better. He, he got speed and uh, his shot was a lot harder than what it was previously and and that were it. He just, he just go end to end most of the time. Well, I, I remember when that year I played in Cardiff, the only year I really played. Um, when we played Sheffield and they were the big rival and we were fighting for the league title, um, he was like running the power play as a D man, and he had so much confidence out there. I had just never seen that before. Yeah, so I think it was after that season. That's when he went to Canada uh, at that point. But yeah. Um, the year you th- played with him, he went after not when yeah. I was, yeah, no, no. So, the year after I played with him at that under 14s, and that's when he left. Oh, uh, and then when I had him on, he went and played for like London, like by here. And I could just imagine a Brit showing up to play triple A around here. <laughs> Maybe if I ever get involved with triple A around here, I should start bringing over to Brett's. Eh, <laughs> he's got his he's got his dad though, auntie, with a Canadian side, so it can fit in a little bit more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, for yourself, you played two years there. So why did you switch to Nottingham? So yeah, um it was I so I'd had my knee injury uh, at the start of my under nineteen season. Um and things I got a little bit slower. Uh I weren't getting the ice time and stuff like that. As you can see, my points dropped. Uh, from like 20 odds down to 10 I think it was um, I w- so I, and I weren't enjoying myself um, I wasn't enjoying my hockey uh, which is the main part of Playing being hockey. there so um, oh, I- so it's like 
playing hockey is supposed to be fun and they call it play hockey, not go to hockey. They say go to work. They say play hockey, you know? Exactly. So it was one of them where um, I, I was playing for the Midlands under-17s at that point and one of the coaches at Nottingham came over and said, I'm taking over the under-19s team next season. Do you want to come over? Um, so I made that decision to make the jump. Um decided to get um to get myself injured before the season started. Uh, and then um played D for some reason that year. And they didn't have enough D men, so I offered to jump back and had fun doing it. Well, you gotta do whatever the team needs, right? It's like I'm about yeah. to have tryouts for this team and um like all these parents like think of all the players as this is a forward, this is a defenseman. And it's like, for me, I'm thinking, well, I've never coached a lot of these kids. I've seen them play, seen them play shinny, see where they naturally gravitate towards when they play shinny hockey. And um, it's like, well, maybe just because little Johnny was put on D because he was the only guy that could skate backwards when they were seven doesn't make him a defenseman now. Maybe... He's a forward now. And maybe the guy that was a forward, maybe he's defenseman. And maybe we we have a whole different puzzle to figure out. And everybody needs to have an open mind about it and get on board because that's how you win. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just love that change and just had that little bit of a difference. I've been playing forward for a few years and I just enjoy jumping back a little bit. And Well, to be honest, I, I now that you bring that up is when I was in, I guess it would be what's called under 13 now, but it was major bantam i went home for a year and when we were out of the playoffs and we still had all these round robin games to do and whatnot i asked to go back on d with shed guy andrew lackner and be d partners because we were best buddies and going back as a d man and never playing it in my life i got to see what it's like from their eyes and it, it makes you a smarter hockey player it makes you a better player because you see what's hard you see how what a guy going to the net does compared to pulling up and being high guy and you see the different sides of the game that you wouldn't see if you don't yeah. do it yourself yeah right? exactly exactly but so then you you do go to nottingham and you have your knee injury but you you just you never is the enl was that like somewhat professional would you have gotten paid money to do that or some players in the league did uh but no one at nottingham did did you play uh, for free? It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different than paying to play, right? Well, uh, to be honest, at that point, my, mom, my dad was funding it, so um, still had parents paying for that bit and, and trekking me down. Uh, but uh, I'm sure there probably would have been a monthly fee, but yeah. Right. Well, so... What else do I got then? So you got into hockey from a fight. That's interesting. I haven't heard that very often. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely um, unusual. That one. So are you other, you're into Andy's men's club now and what nights yep. is that? And where would people go to attend? So Andy's men's clubs uh, on Monday nights. Uh, so it's every Monday except bank holidays that we have in the UK um, at 7 p.m. Um, and like I said, there's going to be over 150 groups all over the UK. Uh, so if anybody w- was thinking about attending, uh, it's always Mondays, always Mondays. Uh, that never changes. 
Uh, Do you know what's weird is I always book a lot of uh, shed time on Mondays too. Yeah, well, it's um, the reason. It's a great way to start the week, man. When I when I have that booked on a Monday, Monday can feel as fun as a Saturday, and it didn't always feel like that, you know. And it can carry you through the week. So yeah, uh, but yeah, so sprinkling another one on a Thursday. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if anyone wanted to attend, then they can just go on um, www.andysmanclub.co.uk and they put the postcode in and it'll show them where the nearest location is. Uh, if there isn't one near them, uh, then there is online ones as well. So just doing like what we're doing now, uh, just to- talking over Zoom or Google Meet. Um, you just don't send it out there for everyone, right? You just don't have to put yourself out there. Yeah, you just, and you just come and chat. Exactly, that's it. And the only thing they don't get online is they don't get the free tea, coffee, and biscuits. They have to get provided themselves. So. <laughs> well, it's still cool though. That's a it's a great idea, and um, it's too bad tragedy had to happen for people or for them to come up with that idea. But that is what in, can inspire people to do great things, right? But the amount of people that it saved. So from Andy uh, losing his life. He saved thousands of other people's lives. So yeah, some good's come out of it uh, for sure. So you, you've probably been through some interesting times with it then, right? With some guys at some tough points in their life. Yeah. Like I said, with a guy earlier, we see him at rock bottom um, and everyone's from all different walks of life uh, in Doncaster. We've got someone who's 86 and um, and it's from people who are 18. So when you see an 18-year-old talking to an 86-year-old uh, during our breaks and stuff like that and having a laugh, uh, it just shows all the different walks of life, but we're there for one common goal and um, and everybody's there together. Uh, like I said, they're like a team and it's like that locker room and everybody supports each other. One person goes down, everybody's there supporting. Yeah. Um, nah, it's neat. Um and it's it doesn't matter how old people are, right? Like for me, I've noticed there's different generations, and yep. you know there is that, but like there's good people in every generation. Um, it's like the shed gals and shed guys I have on. We've had some old farts on. We've had some kids on. We've had rookies on. We've had guys retired on. We've had guys in their prime on. Um, and there's good people everywhere there's shed guys and gals everywhere right <laughs> there is. yeah yeah and uh yeah i guess talking can help right definitely mm-hmm. it don't work for everyone it's not gonna be one it's not stop it's for not someone. for everyone it's like i'm not yeah. for everyone right it's like exactly you could show up and be like this is horse shit i'm i would rather be at a pub and get to know every waitress and every bartender yeah and every other regular that that's your happy place. And that's what you, where you go to talk, right? Yeah. You may that's not it. be talking about the same things, but everybody's got to have a place, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mine's my shed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho. Um, well, I got other questions down a lot, saw a bunch for Jack, but he's gone. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's coming back. Um, How about this, though? Okay. What's your favorite meal? Oh, lasagna. Really? 
Yeah. From homemade, then? Who's making it? Duo made. My wife makes a good one. Me. I was going to say, uh, you're not just buying it from the grocery store, frozen, oh, and throwing it in the no, oven. No, no. So my wife makes a you're good one. You're better than that, right? Mother-in-law does a good one as well, but there's a place in Sheffield called Mama and Leone's, and that's just the best. And it's Mama like, Leone's in Sheffield? Free ads, folks. Yeah. Go get that, it. Right? That one's just superb, and that is like homemade. And so you're talking, how does it work then? So when you order lasagna, you're just like getting one piece of it, like a square. Is that what when you order it? Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll just come in its bowl and stuff like that, and they've layered it, and yeah. Mm-hmm. You're making me it. hungry, that's for sure. I had to exercise <laughs> earlier, right? You should have seen me zipping passes. I was zipping them as – I. You know, when you, I always, when I was playing in other leagues, I'd always yell like NHL pass and I would zip it as hard as I could. Um, I was doing that all the time today and it felt great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too bad I can't skate. <laughs> Look good in that one spot though. Oh yeah. I can zip it still. <laughs> so are you a fan of a team now? Are you a Sheffield fan, a Nottingham fan, or do you not care? I won't say I'm a fan of any of them. Um, more like yourself, where I see the guys that I used to play with and stuff like that, and I just and I keep an eye out for them. Um, kind of all them lot are moving on now; they're getting on a bit. So I don't know what I'll do when they've all moved on to uh, their retirement. That's but... when you you got to get a whole new crew of shed guys and start talking in your shed, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you care about all these guys you didn't even yeah. know who they were. <laughs> Do you know how big of a Nashville fan I'm going to be this year? I may be spray painting myself yellow for games. Like, so after practice today, like O'Reilly said, he's like, you all, you should, he said to Colby, he's like, well, you should tell your parents to like plan a trip to Nashville and come see a couple games. And like, I know he would let us come down to the room and do the full deal. And it's like, Jimmy crickets, this is cool. You know, putting yourself out there can, it, it can all work out if you are doing it for the right reasons and you're not looking for anything in return you're just out there doing what you love yeah just get him to pay for your flights you'll be fine he's got the money <laughs> well he paid for the ice time this summer that was nice stuff <laughs> <laughs> and um we do have some exciting stuff he did today to help us all out um people helping people right shed guys can be a powerful thing <laughs> that's it <laughs> um so what is your favorite barn to play hockey in in the United Kingdom or the Ooh. world. Did you ever play hockey anywhere other than the United Kingdom? So went over to Canada a few times. Um, so went on uh, a couple of like hockey camps over there where we played local teams in Quebec with just some random players from all over England, just from all different levels. Uh, so that was fun. Um, and then I went on a uh, on like a trial uh, where there were kids from all over Canada. Uh, and then there was me and one of a lad from England called Paul Maudsley, who was goalie. Um, and it was to go out there and there was colleges, teams from Canada and stuff like that all there. And it was just like a trial. Uh, like, um, So I went over there. Um, I, th- I can't remember what university it was. It might have been Laval um, playing out of there. Oh, Quebec area, yeah. That would yeah. make sense. So walked in the locker room and everyone's speaking French. And then there's me uh, just walking in, not understanding a word they're saying. 
um, and just getting involved and and just giving it my best out there. Nah, it's um, like going to Germany and not knowing German and just going out there and playing. <laughs> yeah, so um, did that. Got asked to go to Notre Dame, um, but it was too expensive for my mum and dad. It was going to be like 15 grand a year, which was more than what my dad earned a year. So That's a um, lot of money. Yeah, so um, that was... It's crazy what uh, goes on in hockey now. Yeah. Um, there's uh, this this idea that everybody has to do all these camps, go to all these places, go wherever to become whatever. And it's like, well, to me, I think the kids that are going to be good are going to be good. And if they go home and practice and go home and care and try their hardest and um, do everything they can um, to get better on their own, and it's not about mom and dad paying for this or paying for that. Um, it's more about that and wanting it on their own, that they will figure it out. And um, there's a lot of people spending a lot of money on hockey these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was back then. It was a lot of money. I can't imagine what it's like now just getting kit for someone. So I, I don't find the kit is the problem. It's... Uh, it's it's just all the, everything that comes with it but i mean it is what you yeah. sign up for it is it is what it is they'd say is i mean the hotels the the going places the driving it is why you do it um mm-hmm. dry driving to hockey with your son or daughter you get that time together in the vehicle it's yeah. just you two sitting there chatting um you're getting ready to go out and co- for me as a coach getting out getting ready to go out and compete with their friends and I get to know their friends and try and build friendships amongst them that yeah. can last a lifetime. And to be honest, I, I, I like the coaching, I think more than the playing because um, I can make it my way and all the people I was worried about what they thought of me, I don't have to worry about them anymore because I'm the guy in control and I get to make it as fun as I want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we're, so I went over to Canada a few times. I've played in uh, Czech Republic. Really? Uh, been, been over with the Midlands Conference um, and played in a place called Seskalipa. Um, that was just an old barn in a, uh, quite a rough part of Czech, really. Uh, but we played against like, Prague, so we played in like Sparta Prague Arena and played in Litvinov, uh, played their team. Um, I got a game misconduct for hitting the goalkeeper and making him spin up the air a couple of times. <laughs> uh, he slashed me on the shift before, so uh, he came out of his net again, so I hit him. Uh, <laughs> but none of the players did anything, so... Right. Um, but yeah, um, so I played over there and then one of my... Pr- poster picks is like a team photo from when I played for the Rapiers and we went yeah. over to Austria. Um, you went to so, Austria too. Yeah, so it was a tournament in Zelensee, um, mm-hmm. and it and it had teams from all over the world there. So you had like Malmo. Red Isn't Hawks. that a nice place? Like right by the water. Yeah, yeah it is. So mm-hmm. that, and then you've got the there's some nice skiing. places there in that Austria Switzerland area there yeah. eh? in Italy. GB. Jeepers. Yeah, ZLMC was a good one, but it was playing against like Malmo Redhawks, and they just absolutely battered us. Yeah, they would. Um, so then you played was... against Sweden's like good, like top team. Yeah, 
So they got us going because we were like the top team in England. Yeah. And well, so <laughs> yeah. We, we took a bit of a pasting and like we played against like Bern as well, which obviously one of the top Swiss teams and uh, some of the, there were Slovakian, Slovenian teams there. So the first year we did pretty badly. We came 13 out of 16, but we only had two lines. Uh, so we didn't do too bad. We got a couple of wins. Um, but then the next season, uh, I think we ended up coming sixth or seventh. Uh, so it was a huge improvement, really. Well, that, yeah. And that's how you get better. It's by, I think, playing against the best. But you can also learn stuff by winning, too. So it's a tricky thing that way from everything. But anywho, yeah. um, well, that's pretty neat then. You So you did have a pretty good hockey um, background in life. Um, yeah. I got to see some good places. and Yeah. See uh, some of the world, right? Yeah, and played on some good teams, and and traveled even traveled around the UK and stuff like that as well, and uh, more than and had some good success of what other people wouldn't have got really. Yeah, I uh, yeah, when I was doing it all, and uh, then when it all came to an end, I had seen so much stuff, and uh, like I said, I resented it all and I wasn't proud of what I had done and then now that I can sit down and chat with people around the world and understand where they're talking about and what they're talking about it's it, it it's weird how it's kind of turned around and now I'm appreciative and um am happy for the journey instead of the opposite you know yeah exactly and the pressures that it must have put under like my parents and stuff like that to take me all over and it, well uh, it, it would have cost money somebody was paying yeah. to get you there right well one of the years that went to Austria I did Canada in February in March I was then in Czech Republic and are the came... parents coming too so I think one parent came to each of what them ones um but then a day after I landed in Czech I was then going to Austria um which I went on my own on that one um and then in May I was going back to Canada for the trial so and uh, that was all just in the space of a few months. Right. So, and and those are, and the parents want to be there watching. Like, yeah. But then there's also a point where you're like, gosh, this, I can't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and from when you've been talking to the other guys from the UK, where you're playing probably like two or three teams at a time, um, you could be playing up age groups and stuff like that. So there were times where I had a game at lunchtime. Uh, for like the under 12s let's say then I was playing for the under 14s at tea time and then going off playing for conference team at 11 o'clock at night and tea time tea yeah. time well, what's tea time well it's like five like half oh, five face off that sort of thing that's it's when you English, have tea an, yeah what English time saying. does tea time happen well it's an English it must be just an English thing then uh, what does it mean well, well you might call it dinner Dinner time. So you have tea time at dinner time? So like evening. That's before you eat or after? Well, that is that is when you eat. Tea it's time is when you eat? Yeah, it's an English thing. Well, I understand, yeah. But it must be a northern it could be just a northern thing, but no. No, when but you I, say so dinner, tea time would be the same as dinner time then, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause some people around here, because we got Mennonites a lot around here, is um I've noticed that I thought growing up everybody called dinner supper and right. then then i realized that actually 
nobody else is calling it supper really um dinner is dinner and then i find out that we're calling lunch dinner some of the mennonite folks around here so so dinner to me is like what you'd say lunch so that's at like 12 one o'clock and then it's tea time later yeah see everybody's doing things differently folks you may as well just have fun and enjoy (laughs) the ride right (laughs) but no it's one of them where they were traveling all over the country and some of them journeys were like three four hours so yeah i can't imagine the pressure they put on them having to pay all that out really um it's a lot for parents that's there's no doubt about it but then what is the when your kids are athletes and they're into it and they're passionate about it, it's like, yeah, you have to find a way to make it work and happen. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, you got to befriend Ryan O'Reilly and get free ace time. (laughs) 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 That it's cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So do you never answered the question? What's your favorite part you ever played in? So the old Sheffield rink before the twin ice pad was built, it was called Queen's Road. And it was a tight it was a tight rink. The fans were on you. It was dark. It was fantastic. There's I a loved... rink before the one. So there's the big one. Then there's the yep. one I played on with the Beatingheim Steelers against yep. the Sheffield Steelers way back when in 2008, I think. And then, and there was another then there's one. the curling things on it. And you're saying yep. there's another one? There was another one. Um, so with that one, it's now a roller rink. Um, People are still roller skating? Yeah. Well, you guys uh, still public skate too. That's neat. <laughs> In Canada, yeah, there's not so, as much public skating as over there. That's for sure. So you guys are still uh, roller skating too, eh? So they've, I think they've still got a rink there. Um, it's a, it's above a casino um, and just outside the center of Sheffield. Uh, but yeah, it, so that was, was the original what, Sheffield Arena, and then it moved to the other two? So it was before the one with the twin ice pads where you would have played with Beatenheim. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before that one. Uh, but it was just one that people hated to play there. I hated to play there before, um, beforehand. Until you're on the of, team, until it's your barn. Exactly. It's um, like the Elmira Arena growing up was the little one I grew up in, and we won it in was tiny and nobody wanted to play yeah. there and you know now they have this big nice one it's like well everybody's gonna like playing there it's exactly nice rink <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> what are you pouring down there going for one that uh beer that's just outside a hole called uh, from great newsome it's an east coast ipa what's it called finkel great yeah it's called a finkel a finkel yeah ray finkel I'm thinking of, sorry. Anyways, yeah. just got sidetracked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know what else I even have though is uh, I think it's great what you guys are doing. Um, so obviously that's only on Monday nights. What else do you do to fill your time? So obviously I've got, that's only a volunteer role for me. Um, so you know I what don't... the things I do best at in life is what I volunteer for. Yeah. It's the what I'm most passionate about. It's like helping O'Reilly. It's uh, coaching the kids. It's doing the shed. All of it's voluntarily, and I do it yeah. for free, and I do it because I love it. Um, th- it makes sense, right? 
Yeah, I used to enjoy the And you know you're side. making a difference, which is nice too, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. when I get some of these messages, it's like, well, that could be a lot with how busy I am and what I got going on in life. But I could also look at the positive and be like, well, I'm helping people instead of thinking it's too much. Be like, I, I'll find, I can find time to if this is what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, and and the and the coaching side, it was one of them where um, I started doing it when I was sixteen, um, and that's when I end up having people like Bouncy and Matt Haywood and uh, on the team when they were like twelve, thirteen year old, and um, and yeah, it's one of them where you see that other side of. Before, when I was playing, sometimes coach might get on my nerves or something like that. I'm, uh, if I'm getting benched to something, or, well, uh, but then you see it from that other side of how they look up to you and the difference that you can be making and stuff like that to them. And, and they're the players that are still playing that it's like I now see it from that other side. It was the same as like yeah. once I had kids. Once I had kids and I could see what these hockey players could do it's like i wish i would have done more in every town i was in in every city i was in i could have done more i could have been out there with more kids i could have had my face out there and um i could have been i could have been doing more to help everybody love hockey in those towns and Mm. you don't see it until you become a parent or until you become a coach and then once you do both, it's like, well, geez, I, I really like making memories for these kids and making them have fun, right? And yeah, yeah, changes you. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what it's like with Andy's Man Club. But yeah, so obviously I've got that. That's just a volunteer role. Um, and then but I've got a full-time role where I work for uh, the UK government, working for Department of Work and Pensions. Um, so obviously it's very much secretive in terms of, you can't really tell people what you do when you work for the civil service. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, but in terms of that role, it's a very, but it's probably role. somewhat in line with what you do voluntarily. Well, yeah, it's very positive on what I do. Um, like it, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm very lucky in terms of what I do for, um, for my job. And then that's inspired me to do what I do outside as well. So, um, so yeah, it's well, I'm very it, it, lucky in terms of what I do at the moment inspiration's a strange thing it there's different things that can inspire people and it's like um i'm gonna have on the bateman family tomorrow and um i had on their son james bateman who they're they're from the sheffield area and um having him on and talking about uh rich bateman's situation with the stroke and not being able to get home and the money that would need to be raised to get him there and obviously the fight in him and getting better and being able to make it there. Um, yeah, there's um, Dave Wilcock. That's going to bicycle 600 kilometers from where he had the stroke to Cardiff and then Cardiff to Sheffield and arrive before the game between Sheffield and Cardiff. Um, to think that was inspired by me talking to the sun and, in my shed is like, well, that's pretty neat. Um, and um, I'm going to have them on tomorrow and talk about all this. But then with all these people stepping up and 
keeping him inspired, I feel like it could almost, it's not the same. It's not even close to the same, but staying together, staying as a team can probably help people keep fighting. And he did just get out of his wheelchair this week and he stood up and he also got to go home this week and see his house for the first time in 21 months. And, um, I, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just talking in my shed, but there's a guy going to bike 600 kilometers to try and inspire him to keep doing the things he's doing. And, uh, he is doing it. He just stood up. My grandpa never stood up again after his. And uh, it was pretty neat seeing him do that, you know? Yeah, well, my dad had a stroke and stuff like that as well. So it's one of them where it's scary. Um, it is scary. When people are going through that and when you see people. And really once stepping... it happens, it's there for life. It's yeah. crazy. But when you see people stepping up, it's like when people are raising money for Andy's Man Club. And uh, I was at one at the weekend where um, someone's daughter, um, she set up a, a festival, uh, had live music on, did it in the space of six weeks. And they've raised nearly five over £5,000 uh, £5, for Andy's Man Club. And having to go through that heartbreak, but still come up with something like that is it's just unbelievable and it just keeps you going and, and, and makes us want to work harder. Uh, so we're working with a lot of, um, I'm trying to build up a lot of partnerships at the moment uh, to be able to spread that word further because of these people where they're going through this loss and they're still finding that spirit to, to do other things as well um, to be able to do something in that person's memory. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah. so it, it's one of them where Doncaster Rovers, the football team, are getting involved with us. Doncaster Knights, who are the rugby team. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get into the ice hockey world at the moment um, and just trying to get more teams involved and and just spread that message because that's where majority of men are, are at sporting events. But the unique thing about Andy's Man Club, you don't have to be into sports to come. It is just um, any man over the age of 18, so... Um, but yeah, if we can, well, it's pretty neat what you're doing and, um, yeah, I mean, knowing you're helping people is, I mean, it's a gratifying feeling, right? And, um, when you're doing it because you want to, and you're doing it voluntarily, um, that's neat too, right? Yeah, but it's one of them where I do have my bad spells and stuff like that with anxiety and stress, but um, I know I've got up to like 30-odd people at my group on a Monday evening that will just sit and listen to me. Uh, so it's yeah. one of them where you know that um, that I've got a squad behind me and if I ever need anything that's not on a Monday night, one of them will be there. So And it's true. Um, it's like yeah, the family I built here. Um, I mean, I'm as busy as a person gets, I would say. I don't know who could be busier, but um, <laughs> you could try. Um, but that when I do have a hour to pocket or window, that all these 
fantastic people around the world um will they will change their plans change their day to come talk to me um is the only way this works and um knowing people will do that for you is cool right and people need that in their life they need someone to show the care and we'll be there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Ha. Guess Jackie's not coming back, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he's stuck with a kid now, ain't he? So. Yeah. And uh, I got to get back to my, that whole thing too. <laughs> but one thing I would say is like I've mentioned the pictures of me before and after um i can tell who's having problems by looking at their face the people with color in their skin people that there's people that look pale there's people that look like they are having issues and you can't help everybody you can't give any everybody advice you can't you can't help them find their thing but um it's tough when like you can tell by the look of someone's face but you don't know how to help them especially when you've been there and not everybody's gonna ask for help not everybody's gonna show up but um happy people do life better you're more productive at what you're doing you're you get shit done more you you're just better at everything and you got to find what makes you happy right definitely yeah that's it happy uh, if you're happy you've got, your life's going to be better so right yeah well i guess we better shut her down now right yeah i don't think he's coming back is he so <laughs> <laughs> no. okay um well you know what um Thanks for making the time and Jackie to him too. He's right at the start of fatherhood and he's a shed guy. And um, like, he's a beauty that, um, yeah, I, I wish I got to chat with him more today, but like we all have our things we got to do. And yeah. I only have my window to get this done and you guys have your windows and I'm glad we made it work. Um, and I hope that this talk can either send someone your way or help them in a different way and uh i don't try to get choked up on here but sometimes like with all the fun that has happened um i do keep it to myself a lot um nobody around this town needs to know about all the stuff going on i don't tell people about it I just go out and do it, and then I watch it on a device that isn't the same as celebrating with your friends and your teammates, and you don't get to celebrate your wins. They just kind of happen, and you post about it and feel like that's an accomplishment, but when you get to celebrate with people, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, but if anyone wants to uh, reach out to me or anything like that, then happy to have a chat um, in terms of what 
um, what could be helpful because uh, it's not just the UK. Um, there's people in Canada, Germany, Denmark, where, where you've played who need that support as well. Um, and hopefully there's things in that area for them. Uh, but happy to have a chat with anyone about what my journey's been and, and stuff as well. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. And the other thing we haven't even mentioned is this is Annie's men's club. There's a probably a bunch of women out there too that could use something like this. And I yeah. hope there's something like this out there for you because everybody could use a good chat and uh, everybody needs something to feel yeah. a part of and feel like a team and feel like you're included and feel like you're, you're one of the crew, you know? Well, most of our, our biggest supporters uh, are women uh, for Andy's man club. So uh, if they know of anybody that does need any support or anything like that, a lot of time it's where the the, the contact group say, my wife's told me I've got to come. Yeah. A bit like Jack, really, where yeah. he's, he's told him he had to go. So, um, so yeah, it's, they're a big part of Andy's Man Club growing. And you may, you may as well life. try things, folks. If, if, if you feel hesitant, you may as well put yourself out there, go check it out. And if you're, you know, whether it's someone else telling you to go, whether it's yourself telling you to go, just go out and get her done, right? Yeah, what have you got to lose for that one time? Exactly. It's one night of your life. Maybe it'll change things, right? Exactly. Yeah. And this has been another episode of Two Hells and Hockey Tales with Jackie, Smitty, and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete, I'm I'm not